0: You're listening to Ocean Currents, a podcast brought to you by NOAA's Cordell Bank National Marine Sanctuary. This radio program was originally broadcast on KWMR in Point Reyes Station, California. Thanks for listening. Welcome, you're listening to Ocean Currents. I am your host, Jennifer Stuck. This is a show where we talk about the blue part of our planet, the ocean. We talk with scientists, experts, policymakers, explorers, and today, students, and more. And today, we are talking with some students from the West Marin School out here in Point Reyes, California. These students have been participating in an in-depth exploration of the West Marin Watershed, their home that drains into the mighty Pacific Ocean. As Earth Day has rolled past again, this project is a great example of how the meaning of Earth Day can be an everyday part of our lives and education with some support and guidance. So in the studio here today, I have Madeline Hope who is one of the leaders of this program, and Leslie Adler-Ivanbrook, who is another leader. And I have five students from the West Marin School that got out of class today to come down here to the KWMR studio. So I want to welcome you all to KWMR. You're all live on the air.
1: Hi. Hi.
0: (laughs) Great to hear your voices. So I wanted to start with Madeline and Leslie, since you two are really the spearhead of this whole program. Um, Tell us about it. What's the name of it? And how did you get involved and and start this whole program up?
2: Um, Well, the name of the program is West Marin BWET, which stands for Bay Watershed Education and Training. And we've coined it Outdoor Ed in the Watershed. And we started this up because we saw that it would really be a wonderful experience for these kids in school here to get more hands-on outdoor education um, in this amazing environment that we have here at West Marin. And there's there are a lot of programs that happen at the school. They do have outdoor education in large part supported by the Artists in the schools program. And we wanted to um, support that by infusing the school with additional um, energy and funds and resources to get these kids out doing hands-on science and activities outside in the bay, in the creeks, and at the ocean.
0: Excellent. Now, this is a compliment to the Artists in Classrooms program because that's been going on for a couple of years where the students get outside and get to experiment with writing and drawing and and kind of expressing their their thoughts and and things that they see. So tell us a little bit more about that, Madeline, since
1: you've been so involved with that. Well, um, the Artists in the Schools, Gallery Route 1's Artists in the Schools, is a partner to the um, Westmore and B Wet program, and we received this with the Environmental Action Committee. That is our fiscal sponsor, so they were the ones that were awarded the grant from NOAA. And initially, the... BWET program was um, very uh, attractive to me personally because I saw that it was an opportunity to bring watershed education and training to our region, which really the the focus of the BWET is to bring um, watershed education and training to the school-age children in coastal communities. And we really haven't seen that um, funding show up in this region except for Wilderness Way in the Valley. They they did receive some BWET funding, um, I think, three years ago. So Artists in the Schools has always had a um, an art practice, uh, writing, and science component to it. And the science piece of the... Um, I felt what BWET could offer the Artists in the Schools program was a much a more rigorous science program, which Leslie has really kind of, you know, she has really fully invested herself in the Bee Wet program. So it's definitely way more hands on, and Artists in the Schools continues to support um, the artistic expression and. Um, we've basically also teased apart the Tomales Bay Library Association as a partner to BeWet as well, and they are providing some writing um, workshops for all of the kids in the BeWet program. So it's ended up being a much more interdisciplinary program, which Artists in the Schools has done for the last 16 years, but it's gotten a more in-depth science component now with the elective program that is in place at West Rind School. So,
2: and our other our other partners include Point Reyes National Seashore, Point Reyes National Seashore Association, um, spawn and the wa-
1: Tomales Bay Watershed to ma- Council, um, and unaf- Bank, you.
2: And we've also um, partnered with uh, Marin County Stormwater Pro- Stormwater pollution. pollution Protection Prevention prog- Program. Oh, program. Mix yeah. up. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of partners. That's a lot of work. I can understand yeah. how
0: hard that is to coordinate. The one thing I wanted to ask about oh. is science is something that's kind of falling off the charts in schools these days with the emphasis on math and writing. Can I get a, a yay or a nay from the students? Do you guys have a lot of science going on in schools or more math and and English skills?
3: More math and
4: more math. English. Yeah. Math and well, English. I, feel, I feel like we do a lot of science too.
0: Now you do with Wet, right? It's. I think that's uh, one of the uh, big strengths of BeWet, it's bringing in a lot of science, but talk about that a little bit more. You said you do a little bit more science?
4: Um, our teacher, Mr. Hervey at Westburn School, teaches science, but uh, he doesn't really do experience, so
0: we get our experience from Wet, and it.
4: Makes our science experience
0: more fun. Uh, okay. Ooh, you just tapped into something that I like to hear. It makes your science work sound more fun. So this has been a fun learning experience. Uh, yeah. Cool. I have five students from westmarin School here, and I'd love to go around the room real quick. And if you would mind. Telling me, telling everybody your name, get nice and close to the microphone, and what grade you are in. And we'll start over here with Holton.
5: Um, my name is Holton Johnson, and I'm in sixth grade, and I attend Westmoreland School.
4: Thank you. Uh, my name is Peter Hope, and I'm in eighth grade, and I attend Westmoreland School.
3: My name is Sylvia Lopez, and I'm in sixth grade. My name is Ione Hope, and I'm in sixth grade.
6: My name's Eduardo Romo, and I'm in eighth grade. Fantastic. Well, thanks all for coming
0: down to the studio. Mm -hmm. So we got a little bit of background on what the BWET program is, but I want to hear from you all about what are some of the experiences that you've been doing through the BWET elective course at school. And it could be some of the classroom activities that you've done that's new or some of the -the in-the-field experiences. Does anybody want to give it a start talking about some of the Activities you've done, Eduardo.
6: Well, uh, I thought the field trips were really fun. Like going out to the creeks and going out to the going out to the like the beaches and seeing all the tide pools, like little hermit crabs and all that stuff. And I thought that was the funnest to me. What are
0: some of the things that you did in the creeks?
6: Uh, well, we like tested the water flow. We put lemons inside the creek. To see how fast it was, and you put lemons in the creek. Yeah, we put lemons in the creek. And <laughs> so we, we had like a little race, and yeah,
0: and so the lemons were a race to determine the stream flow. Yeah. So was it fast or was it slow? It was kind of slow. Slow. Was yeah. it before a rain or after a rain?
6: It was after a rain. After. I can't a remember. Rain. Here go.
1: And how many lemons were in the water at one time? when you did it there was two in the water okay so there was it was a race so there was always a um, one that made it to the line first and one that was second and that what did that tell you usually when you did that
4: um it told us where like the water was flowing faster like on the left or the right and if it was like deeper or something Mm
0: -hmm. oh so it's different throughout the width of a creek the flow Mm -hmm. is different Mm -hmm. oh interesting so how does that this is a test (laughs) How does that flow rate change the ecosystem in that creek? What are some of the other things that you look at, if it's faster or slower? What are some of the things you learned about with that? It kind of, like, affected the
4: animals that were in the creek and, like, the little critters, like scud, which are, like, the most common uh, invertebrate. And so we were, like, looking for animals, and we found one little... um, freshwater guppy, I think it was, but um, yeah, that was a fun test because we got to put mud and nets and dance in front of the nets
0: and stuff. That's neat. (laughs) Now, you did something, did you do some of this, Sylvia, where you did some sifting of sand? Was that one of the activities that (coughs) you were a part of? The sediment no, no,
6: setting?
0: No, she didn't do that. That, that, was, no, that was our... Eduardo yeah, and yeah. Peter. That was just eighth grade. So oh. each of the grades did some different activities, and that's part of the program in that some of the younger students can go to, eventually go to some of the other activities that they can't do in the sixth grade or seventh grade.
1: So what? how the um, program is set up this year is that it's a trimester system, and so in the first and third trimester, for the most part, a majority of the students were 6th and 7th grade, and the second trimester was predominantly 8th grade students. And so that's a Tuesday elective from 11, five, 11.30 to 12.15. And inside of each trimesters there are at least two hands-on field trips that that class of kids will go to. And what happened differently for the 8th grade last year is that It There were three eighth graders that weren't in an elective yet until the later part of the—they're in this trimester. But we did total class um, field trips. So when we went to Tomasini Creek, which is what Eduardo's talking about, and Peter, they did um, the different tests. So they did—one was the flow test with the lemons, and then they did creek profiling and the invertebrates and— those were the three tests. And no sifting sand. Oh, in the grain size. Grain size evaluation. So there are actually four. Um, and so the what Holton and Ione did in the first trimester it's
4: Sylvia.
1: And Sylvia's in this trimester now. Oh. So what those two did was they went to Loganitas Creek at Devil's Gulch and they did you guys also did a flow test, right? Remember? Yeah. The, the lemon test. Yeah. So so that's just, just so you know how it's set up. So all these kids have done a little bit of um, something different, but mm-hmm. you guys might have to offer up some of that for details. Jenny.
2: And the differences were determined in large part because of the different seasons and the different levels of water flow, which enabled us to get into creeks at certain times of the year and not... At others. Uh-huh. So, they, so the eighth grade actually also did one of their field trips was just walking from school down to Tomasini Creek and following stormwater.
0: Yeah, let's hear from that. Is it Eduardo and um, Peter. Peter that are the eighth graders here? Mm-hmm. I think this is an interesting activity to follow your actual watershed by foot. Can you describe what that was like in terms of the habitats and different things that you noticed along the way
4: well i think when you're walking you notice a lot of things that you don't notice when you're driving like uh when we were with one of the people that came to help us he would he pointed out that like above the water was like salt water and below it was fresh water and the fresh water usually carried like all the pollution and stuff but uh i never would have thought of that though. that's reversed oh yeah but, yeah
0: the salt is a little bit heavier, so that sits on the bottom, right? And the fresh mm-hmm. is on top. Yeah. I got. It Especially right after the rain, it gets much more accentuated because you get all this extra fresh water coming and then, in.
1: And then the activity that that group did before going out of the uh, classroom um, was they, you guys did those, that experiment with fresh water and salt water where the salt water was dyed blue and then and so it was you can see the density differences yes. it's cool.
0: yeah it's was cool was anyone surprised to learn that that water is not totally evenly mixed a little bit it's kind of interesting huh so Ayo how about you what did you like what were some of the activities that you liked to do
3: I like going to the Giacomini wetland and um we put net in the creek and we caught the fish and measured the fish, and that was fun because we got to touch the little fish, and they were really cute. What kind of fish were they? Um, tidewater goby and a stickleback.
0: Wow, those sticklebacks are so cool. I love them, and the go- the gobies are cute, too. So those are tiny, pretty small fish. What type of ecological role do those small fish play in the wetlands for other animals?
3: There was a pipefish, too.
0: Oh, you saw a pipefish, too? That's really cool. Awesome. How about the fish? So, do you have a good idea of what role they play ecologically? Do they eat other things, or are they prey for other animals? Uh, they're kind of both. Exactly. So, what do you think they're eating?
3: Uh, the, like, little bugs and stuff.
0: Insects and plankton, maybe? Yeah. Did you see any birds hanging
3: around? Uh Uh-huh. Up in the wetlands? Yeah. What type of birds? Um, a kite, like a meadow kite. (coughs) Wow. And, um... I think we saw a heron or an heron. an egret or something. Excellent, and an osprey.
2: And there was something special about the about us catching the tidewater goby that day. Do you remember oh, what that um, was?
3: The tidewater goby. We were one of the first people to catch one in that creek because it was a new creek. Or something
0: you guys yeah. are the explorers of this new wetland. This is pretty exciting because this is all new habitat that's been re re uh reinvigorated with the restoration happening. so you guys are probably the first ones to make some initial discoveries
1: mm-hmm. and then do you guys go in like your plain clothes and shoes into the water like just and get sopping wet?
3: Um, <laughs> no no, we put on <laughs> waders, and they're these things that like they're like pants, but they they go up to your chest, and they have little straps, so they're kind of like overalls, but you can walk in water with them. They're like them. giant boots. And they, oh, yeah, and they have boots attached to them, and
0: uh, yeah. Excellent. For those of you just tuning in, this is Ocean Currents, and my name is Jennifer Stock, and we're talking with students from the West Marin School who have been doing a very thorough study of the watershed that leads to Tamales Bay into the Pacific Ocean, and we're talking about some of their activities.
1: Now, go oh, ahead, Madeline. What I was just going to say, and maybe Sylvia can talk to this, um, Sylvia is um, one of the photography students at Westminster School. She's in the, um, an elective that is being sponsored by the Artists in the Schools program, um, and one big part of Be Wet has been, over the course of the three trimesters, is photography. And um, Sylvia has really taken an active role in doing a lot of the photography. Do you want to say a little bit about that, what you photographed at like Duxbury Reef or Drake's Beach or on those field trips?
7: Um, we photographed um, the garbage that we found. And um, the kind of the animals that we found, too.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: And um, just the plants and the garbage that they showed us. So did you find, was this in the creeks that you found garbage? Or was this out at the beach?
0: Out at the beach. At the beach. That's the beach cleanup that I was out there with yeah. you, right? Interesting. Now, Sylvia, you're in it this, this semester. What are some of the other outdoor... Watershed explorations that you've been able to participate in
7: um, we went to Dux, Duxbury Duxbury Reef and um, we and the we went to look at the tide pools um, to see the 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 weeds and stuff and what was there.
0: So it was, and it was a pretty bad weather day right it was pretty windy yeah <laughs> <laughs> <But> <laughs> it was pretty adventurous though.
1: And what the be wet class right before going on that field trip, do you remember what we did in the art room with um, that? We remember we made those. Uh, yeah. What did we make?
7: Um, We made like these square um, tube um, squares. The, the so quadrat? That, was yeah. it the quadrat? The, mm-hmm. So that we could um, put them so that we could see where the weed was. So the algae? The algae. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The
0: rockweed. The rockweed. Rockweed, right. Yep. And did you count them? Did you get a chance to use the quadrat where you lay it down on the habitat and count stuff in the squares? Yeah. That's neat. What, what was that like? Fun. Was it fun? Yeah. You think you might like to do that again?
1: <laughs> yeah. That's How cool. would you like to have a job doing that and getting paid um, and having health insurance? <laughs> 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 and, um, and just doing that every day, going to work. That, those are the kinds of fun science jobs that you can go out and do. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so actually, what did you, I want to hear a little bit more from you. I haven't heard from you, hold. Hold, hold, Holden. Holden. Uh, holden. I keep saying Holden. I'm thinking it's catcher, catcher in the, in the Rye. rye. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about you? What were some of your favorite activities?
3: I
5: think my favorite um, activity was when we went to Devil's Gulch and we um, tested the, the temperature of the water and the flow and it was really cool because we got to walk in the water with our waders. And it was really fun because we got to hang out with our friends also.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did anybody accidentally dip into the water, getting water into their waders? Yeah. Oh, no, never. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a little scary if
2: you got too much water in there. Well, that day, when, when did, do you remember when we went? there that was in the beginning of the year and it was before the rains so the water was not deep and that was um, one reason why we were able to go there we could not go there in the middle of the winter Mm -hmm.
0: now i want to hear also i worked with some of you with um in the classroom we did an activity does anyone remember the name of that activity
3: the bird beak buffet
0: bird beak buffet tell our listeners what bird beak
3: buffet was all about I'll go ahead Uh, well they gave us different types of like utensils utensils that were like representing beaks to pick up different kinds of foods with like marbles and um, beans and a whole bunch of other stuff and um, it was a science experiment to see if like, like what types of beaks were better at eating different kinds of food. And
0: what do you remember? Which of those hypothetical beaks was one of the more successful at our, uh, feeding tools? The tweezer
3: beakers. Tweezer beakers.
0: <laughs> so each of the tools represented a different type of beak on a type of shorebird, because that's something that you probably saw a bit of on your explorations that different birds have different size beaks and some of them feed really fast and slow. Now, on the last round of that, there was a surprise food source that none of the birds' students knew they were eating. What was that?
3: Trash. Um, yeah, the it was black beans, but it represented trash. Yeah. Plastic. Plastic. Mm-hmm.
0: Was yeah. that a little scary when you found out that you actually ate that?
3: Yeah, and our group, like, ate...
0: Way too much.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I think that's an interesting lesson because that's something that's happening out in the ocean right now.
1: Well, and when we went out to Drake's Beach, um, we were when we arrived, all of the sixty students and teachers were all up at the parking lot and looking down on the beach, and the tide was super high, and so we couldn't get around the corner or anything like that. And we looked down on the beach, and I personally, I looked and saw it there's sure not a lot of trash out there. We're not going to have much to do. And then we started the act, We had a, um, Richard James came and talked, and Jennifer talked, and we the kids all contributed to you know kind of get ready to go out on the beach. And what I thought was interesting is that what, as soon as we got on the sand, it was littered with tiny pieces that were about the size of the beans and marbles and elastic bands and stuff like that that was in this classroom activity all the plastic had broken down for the most part into these small sort of bite size um, pieces and it was densely covered at Drake's Beach up in the, what's the name of that line you guys that is the edge of the water coming up and the
2: high tide, that's right
1: Um, and so that was pretty interesting what did you guys think about that?
2: There were a lot
5: of little piles of like trash, and I was surprised that
0: there was so much trash. We
6: in, like, found, we found like, things from China and, like, Peru. and.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. Richard gave us a little talk about the stuff he finds. Richard is a, a, a resident out here that walks the beaches a lot and has become a bit of a trash fiend, and it's <laughs> interesting because there's a big network of people out there that share their findings on the beach because... There's stuff coming from all around the Pacific Ocean that lands on our beaches. It's pretty interesting. So he was sharing stuff that he's, he's seen from China or Korea and Russia that have come up on our
2: beaches. And do you guys remember how those things get from China and Korea and places in Asia and end the, up on our the beaches? Drive. The Pacific Gyre. Yeah.
4: And uh, I thought some of the stuff that we found that day was really weird. Like, like what? like th- some people found needles before we came there and like for from like hospitals and then like there was the water bottle with Chinese writing mm-hmm, that we couldn't understand and stuff so
0: do you remember collecting oh, those little round
3: there were a lot of shotgun nurdles, nurdles.
0: nurdles. Mm-hmm. what's a nurdle
3: they're those things from Beanie Babies and for- yeah,
0: they, they are in beanie babies. It's an industrial plastic pellet, and sometimes they're in beanie babies or bean bags, but those are the things that are melted down into plastic, which and was a, pr- a surprise to see so many
1: of, huh? And what was the other thing, Holton, that you said? Um, there are a lot of shotgun wads. And so all of those plastic products are made with that same nurdle. So they get shipped to the different companies that make the shotgun um, case, and then they're shipped to the beanie. Um, baby factory. And so there's. it's a resource that people are um, ordering and spending money on to make these different things. And what we want to try to affect is folks making better choices and not choosing those plastic um, products as much. Even though I, I know that um, shotguns are tools for some, I think that it's um, a real important part of using that kind of tool to clean up after yourself too.
0: Yeah, I think the students saw that really clearly too. I remember everybody was really surprised bringing up all these little things to me and showing them mm-hmm. to me and we got a lot more
2: than I thought we would to mm-hmm. tell you the truth. Leslie. And what did we see out there? We saw some wildlife. That's right, we as soon saw, as we got off
3: the bus. We, we got, saw porpoises and whales. Two whales. Two whales.
0: Two whales. Did you see the whales off, as soon as you got off the bus? Yeah. That was pretty cool. We and saw then, two gray whales, right, around the corner at Lemon or Drake's Beach, and then we saw some, I think harbor porpoise probably near
2: shore. That was very cool. What else did we see? And what did we see on the yeah. beach,
5: do you remember? There was a bird with a hurt wing, and um it was like running away from the kids who were chasing
0: it. And what did we learn about chasing wildlife on the beach.
4: We shouldn't chase birds.
0: <laughs> you shouldn't chase, chase birds. That yeah. poor Especially bird. Especially hurt birds. <laughs> it's then, like, would you like to be chased around with a broken ankle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But
4: then, like, uh, when we were looking for trash at one end of the beach, we saw these little crabs that were, like, they, they aren't really crabs, they're like sand crabs, so they dig, and they were Everywhere, and there was like a billion of them. That's in one cool. And, and if you kicked the dirt, then they would come out of the dirt that you kicked. It was kind
0: of funny. And then bury themselves again? Yeah. Sylvia, <laughs> so, you were going to say something about something about the beach. What were you wanted to say? Something about the whales. Okay. Well, you know, we're about at a half an hour break here, so we're going to take a short break here and reconvene of things we'd like to talk about. But for those tuning in, you're listening to Ocean Currents. And I think I have some sounds here that were collected in the watershed with this group. And we will play these in a little bit. We'll be back in just a little bit.
2: One and put it in Jose's little box. Hey, How you got new I did yeah, it. There's a one. pair. These are the good, good sir. Here, here the put it a into
4: this. bug. I don't, I don't
7: see any Guys,
6: good for you. That's terrific.
7: Yes, we've gotten to the. Wow, look at dumb that dumb guy. Bug. Put the bug in here, I guys. Hey, bud. You're trying to
1: get out of the water.
3: I see him. I see one. think it's too long. I think it's dead. Oh, look
2: at this. It And here's some oh, awesome magnifiers. Yeah, it's on my nice. It was on my room. Here, Maddie. Oh, here. You know, it, it just went right here. Found it, found it. Look at it. You can come over here, look Maddie. Thanks for coming here. Did you get one yet? No.
1: Well, I wonder if we should. Hmm. Yeah, we need to sweat because yeah. otherwise it's going to turn yeah, into. These a get, yeah, these kids get chipped. Yeah.
0: I don't see any here, but it'll grow up to the tops of these oak trees, and it's a parasite,
2: so it actually feeds off the tree, and it will kill the tree eventually. But
0: Spanish moss is not. It's it's an air plant. It's like a, um an orchid, and it just uses. The tree is a support, so I'm going to find out what the name of that is. But um, we have this Spanish moss. It's all beneficial. But we do have something
1: happening here, and I'm going to take a big guess, and we'll maybe find out. This tree that we're all sitting on was an oak. And here's the oak. Here's where it fell That's down. another detail that's good for the riparian corridors. And oak trees okay. and, it, and, and bay it trees.
6: Awesome, it? It, 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 why did it break? Well, I have an oak like
7: this in my house,
0: and it was really healthy. Welcome back. You're listening to Ocean Currents, and my name is Jennifer Stuck. And in the studio with me, I have Ioni Hope, Holton Johnson, Sylvia Lopez, Peter Hope, and Eduardo Romo with Madeline Hope and Leslie Adler-Ivanbrook, all part of the West Marin School School B-Wet Bay Watershed Education Training Program. And these students have been walking around, tramping around, putting waders on, sampling water, investigating tiny little microscopic organisms, learning about our watershed. So did anybody do any experiments anywhere in regards to any of these visits?
5: Um, in our class, we filled up containers that were cut in half with different materials such as sod, um, sand, and dirt. And we tested how fast the water flowed through them to the bottom, and we timed it. And there were groups, and each group um, came out like relatively with the same... Answer. So that that one was pretty fun.
0: And what was the answer? Or what were what were the different rates? What was the fastest and what was the slowest?
5: Um I'm not quite sure, but I think uh-huh. the fastest was the sod. No. Or
6: no. Just the um, the gravel.
1: Oh yeah, or the gravel.
6: Blacktop.
1: And black yeah, you're and right. Empty. The um, empty container, which yeah. represented blacktop. And so this this was an
0: experiment that was about surfaces that water sits on, right? Yeah. And so this was about um, how water moves once it comes from the sky in rain and if it's a surface that water will sit on top of or water will move through, right? Yeah. And what did you discover? What type of surface is good for water to move through? Sod.
5: Like... And dirt and sand.
0: Dirt and sand. Natural things. Natural things.
4: Mm-hmm. Do you mean like slow it down?
0: Yeah, slow it down oh. so it doesn't go super fast.
4: Yeah, I think sand was like sand, the slowest. Yeah, sand yes.
0: was the slowest. That's what we got.
4: And, and then like sod.
0: Dirt and spice. So this type of oh. surface is good for having something that drains slower is good for near watersheds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why is that? So that you don't
4: get, like, pollution and, uh, like, like, bad chemicals in the water.
0: Bad chemicals like, get filtered like, out, or
4: do they move? Or, How does that work? Well, then, if, like, the wa- if a lot of, like, rainwater is not getting to the creeks from, uh, like, soil from erosion, then, then, like, you don't get as much uh, chemicals in the water, like shampoo and gasoline and stuff
0: can filter out. So if you had water moving right off the street with oil sitting on the surface, that would move pretty quickly and go right to the, the creeks and the ocean. And that's bad.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And what else is another factor that affects how fast the water is moving? Were
4: your cartons... The, the angle of the, the cartons. The yes.
2: And the slope. So. So the slope of the land... So yeah. so
0: less slope is is slower, Slower. slower. so higher slope, steeper slope would be faster. Mm-hmm.
1: And one thing all of these kids did is um, Mixed Up um, Office, um, which is County of Marin, um, they lent us a diorama. So all of you actually did do the diorama um, activity. Yes. And so can you talk a little bit about that? What we did with the
4: diorama is we like inserted different pollutants, and um, we poured water, like rain, out of a spray bottle on it and s- saw where they went, and there was like a giant body of water at the bottom, and it was kind of like on a hill. So when we poured rain on, it it would like flow to
1: the, the ocean. And Sylvia, yours was a little different this um, trimester. Can you tell the kids and Jenny how... the diorama that you uh, worked on was different than what Peter is saying? Um, Well, we had these little tubes and we had to put them into little holes
7: and um, they would come out of the other side uh, like and it represented different kinds
2: of stuff. So the water (laughs) circulated. There was a pump and the tubing allowed the water to recirculate through this diorama model so that you'd have constantly flowing creeks and how did that facilitate you guys understanding of what happens with pollutants when the creeks are moving um what could you
3: see different, like it was like the different colors, the colors in the creek from like the oil and mm-hmm.
0: the The colors represented not so good things.
3: Yeah, yeah. like oil. Top.
1: You could really see the plumes much more clearly with the water um, flowing through the diorama. And when we picked it up the first two trimesters, we really th- I thought that the pu- it was broken, but it was just that the pump was broken. So then I went and got a pump and um, we hooked it up and it worked perfect and it really I think gave kids a much better sense of actually how water does circulate in the watershed and so when the pollutants got um, applied, you started to see the big rings, you started to see the plastic flow and um, so it, it was actually that's a, cool, really cool really all
2: Drain in the bay yep. and that's where you saw the plume coming out into the bay as if you know, we've seen photographs of plumes in the ocean coming out of river mouths. And things,
0: yeah, have you know. guys been seeing um, pictures from this oil spill in, in the Gulf, Gulf of Louisiana? Of yeah. That's different because yeah, yeah. it's from an ocean source, but you can see pictures of how that water is moving around. What do you guys think in terms of the you're talking about the model of that shows how pollutants move into a watershed? What are some potential pollutants that could move through our watershed here? In West Marin, oil, oil, from um, cars, cars, yeah, yeah. And also, can think about San Francisco Bay too. When you're talking about the surfaces, I was thinking of San Francisco and those steep hills, mm-hmm. and those impervious surfaces, and whoosh, straight down the hill. And that it's is like another very important watershed here on the west coast,
3: like litter and stuff,
0: plastic and garbage. And and definitely
4: shampoo that goes to your like uh, sewer system.
0: So what can we do to do better in terms of protecting the watershed with some of those things you mentioned? Garbage, plastic, shampoo has some types of chemicals in it, surfactants that don't really break down too easily. What are some of the things you learn that we can do to be good
6: stewards of our watershed?
7: Um, recycle, recycle. No
6: dumping in storm drains. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, we put. These little like
2: medallions,
6: Yeah, Yeah, they said no dumping. At least reminder. At least to a watershed, and yeah.
4: There's actually one like right outside the studio. It's uh, on every storm drain. There's they're like blue. They're like a blue decal with a salmon.
0: Excellent. So, do you feel now with your in-depth experiences that you want to take better care of your watershed here?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How so? how would you how will you do better
5: Um, try and use your reusable metal water bottle and then you won't have to buy plastic
0: plastic anymore
6: cool Um, they also gave us a clean canteen metal water bottle
0: yeah how many of you are using it I got three four hands four hands that's great That's excellent. My own son doesn't use a water bottle. (laughs) (laughs) You heard that, folks. Madeline (laughs) Hope's son. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) What are some (laughs) other things that you're talking about? Reusing materials so we have less waste. That's good. Um, Not dumping down storm drains. What are some other
1: things we can do? Pick up trash, even if it's not yours. Remind people to pick up their own trash.
0: That's, that's right, because you actually are a new generation of ocean stewards here. You have to share all this stuff. Fix leaky septic systems.
3: Try to use cars like only when you really need to.
0: Yeah, we're really going to have to work on adapting how we use automobiles, not only for the gas that it, it emits and the oils, but also for the carbon if you,
1: emissions. Yeah. If you need to get somewhere that's close, just ride your bike if you have mm-hmm. one. Right on, yeah, and then um the other point, Rebecca Johnson from Cal Academy, um, when we were at Duxbury Reef, remember before going out on the reef, remember what she was trying to sort of impress on you guys about before we go on the reef, we want to be aware of what
7: the, snake, the, the little the animals that were there not to step on them and be careful, yeah.
0: So be aware of the wildlife around us so that we can respect that. That's yeah. good.
7: Yeah, we want to watch where we walk
4: and, like, so we don't trample plants.
0: Excellent. So do each of you think you might want to learn a little bit more about ocean and watershed ecology? Yeah. Maybe.
4: Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I do. i was just kidding. Do you think
0: that you might take your own initiative, maybe with your family, to go explore some of these other areas this summer?
3: Yeah. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. How about this last question here? Um, What would you, each of you, like to tell listeners about the importance of a watershed and our role as humans living inside a watershed?
3: Uh, Well, the watershed is what provides all our water. And if we pollute our own water, it's like... (laughs) It's bad
0: It's bad, so take care of your shed Eduardo, do you want to add to that?
6: Huh? The trash spreads Trash can spread Yeah, especially because we live in a watershed Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's where it all goes in the ocean
0: So after Western Day's parade, what are each of you going to be doing?
3: Picking up the trash that everybody litters
0: Yeah, or helping to remind them to to keep
1: it off the ground too, right? Mm-hmm. And the Lions Club has, um, is very interested in paying young people to help pick up trash Ooh. afterwards. So talk to me if you want to do that. Any of our listeners out there, we want young people to come and help with that. Um, and you know what the problem is with trash is that it's a lot of single-use disposable stuff, and that is what we need to change. People need to not use that single-use disposable material.
0: I've, I've started carrying my own silverware with me. Yay. And, and you know what? It was crazy, because it's like, why haven't I been doing <coughs> this all along? It's so easy. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay, how about you, Sylvia? Is there anything you would like to share listener, with listeners about the whole watershed and how we should live with it?
7: Uh, recycle. Recycle.
0: Try to recycle more.
7: And not buy plastic.
0: Not buy plastic. Good. Reuse. Peter, how about you?
4: Um... I think that it's just important to, like, if you see a glass bottle and a plastic bottle or something, you should get the glass bottle because, you know, glass isn't as bad for the environment as plastic. So
0: Good.
5: How about you, Holton? I think it's important to take care of our watershed because our watershed provides our water, and without water it would be hard to live. So if you're polluting, it's like polluting yourself because you eventually will drink the water that's getting polluted. Mm-hmm.
1: Excellent. Yeah. Good
2: and job. What, and what else does it provide? Things that we eat, right? Oh, yeah. No it no.
3: provides it's animal
1: A
2: home
3: for the... I don't like fish. You don't like <laughs> food?
1: I, <laughs> like oh good, I don't like fish. Oh, good. I can stop shopping. <laughs> did you say you don't like food? No, I did <laughs>
4: like food. Oh. I said I don't like fish. Oh.
0: Well, it provides habitat for something that somebody else might like to eat. Yeah. Well, I just think what you guys have been doing has been so cool, and I can tell that you've been having fun, because every time I've gone to your school, you're giggling and enjoying it and using words like invertebrates. Not that many eighth graders use that word freely, so that's pretty cool. And also, I hope that you'll make a point to thank your teachers for working so hard to make this program happen, as well as Leslie and Madeline. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, I wanted to also ask one more thing, actually. Is there going to be an art show um, yes. kind of culminating all the work this year with yes. the, so uh, the artists students? So so the, let's talk about that a little
1: bit. Well, at the end of the um, school year, each year, Artists in the Schools, Gallery Route 1's Artists in the Schools, um, has an exhibit at Toby's Gallery. So we will be presenting a lot of student work from the Be Wet program in addition to other projects that other grades have done. Um, and that is one thing that I just wanted to bring up with these kids is that at the end of each trimester, um, the students are, uh, basically they put together a short presentation for the fourth and fifth grades, and so each, um... Each trimester, you all basically were sharing your learning and your artistic outcomes and your scientific sort of explorations with the fourth and fifth grade students. Do you, and uh, we talked about some of that today, but those will be some of the displays that are in place at Toby's, and that exhibit opens June 7th on the Western Weekend oh, Parade. Excellent. Um, yeah.
0: It's always a great way to start that weekend off. Yeah. Are, you, are each of you going to be down there to, to share your work? Yeah. Yeah. Talk to the visitors about it on the opening day, maybe? Yep. Yeah. If it's, it's, it's
4: during the Western Weekend Parade, I'm going to be playing He's in the rock
1: band. Oh, right. rock band. Yeah, yeah, I am too. But the opening is actually after the actual physical parade, and it opens from 1 to 3. Excellent. Yeah. 1
0: to 3. We'll check it out. Well, Thanks, everybody, for your work this year, and I hope that you'll carry some of these messages to your future grades as you move forward in school. You are already ahead of the game with your knowledge about a watershed and what it means than a lot of students in other parts of the country. So it's a pretty awesome program that you've been able to get through. I have one thing here to share with you guys. You might have been wondering what these blue marbles are sitting on this desk here. But um, there is a movement happening around the world right now where there are one million blue marbles being circulated amongst people's hands to represent ocean stewardship. And a friend of mine actually started this program, and a marble is given to people who have been showing ocean stewardship or doing good, positive ocean actions, and you are to think about this marble and why you're getting it what type of ocean stewardship actions you've done that you get this marble with but you don't get to keep it very long you get to keep it for 24 hours you can take pictures of it you can write about it but then you have to pass this marble on to somebody else who has been a good ocean steward and tell them the story of the blue marble. And the way, what this is all about is back when we started outer space exploration and the, uh, the astronauts looked down at planet Earth, They note the first pictures of Earth, they noticed how blue our planet was, and it became known as the blue marble image. Have you guys heard of that before? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. The blue marble image? And this year, coming up in June, is World Oceans Day. We're also celebrating Jacques Cousteau's 100th birthday, who was one of the pioneer ocean explorers that kind of showed us what this blue planet was all about. And uh, we really want to celebrate him and remember him for his great work. So I have a blue marble for each of you to take with you today. And there's a website you can go to called bluemarbles.org where you can read more about the blue marbles that are circulating around the world. And you can leave a picture up on the website if you want about your blue marble and in your watershed. You can share your story there. But um, I figured it's time to get some blue marbles out to West Marin because there's a lot of good work being done out here. And you guys are the beginning of a new era of watershed care as you move on in school. So I have blue marbles
1: for each of you here. No, did did all these people give you their blue marbles, or did you go collect them from different I, people?
0: Or you I actually had these. I got one blue marble from somebody that I uh-huh. passed on, but these are others that I've bought to keep going into the oh, nice. system. Oh, nice,
2: growing movement. It is.
0: So you know all about Facebook and Twitter. This is a real physical social movement, an actual passing on of something. So here's are some marbles for you guys. And don't eat them with your tweezer beakers. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay. thank you, Jenny, for hosting us on your program. Yeah,
1: thank you.
0: Sorry, they're not all the same size, but that's okay. So what are you going to do with these in 24 hours? Pass them on. on. And don't forget to (laughs) tell the story of what the blue marble represents. Yeah.
1: Excellent. And we can look it up. If you need stuff to talk about, you can look up Blue Marble online. Yeah, I have a little and
0: piece of paper for you guys, too, for that. Okay. BlueMarbles.org for anybody else. And, you know, in June is the culminating big event for World Oceans Day where lots of these pictures and stories will be revealed um, online at BlueMarble.org. So check it out. That's neat. Well, thanks cool. again, you guys, for everybody coming into the thank studio. You. It's kind and of fun. Thank you
1: to Noah and um, for, you know... Having faith in our community and giving us this opportunity to work with these great kids. That's awesome. I'm so glad our agency can help support
0: good education like this. Yep. So we're going to wrap it up here because we have a little cleaning up to do. But thanks, everybody. You want to say goodbye to anybody? Say see you. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye. All right. This is Jennifer Stock, and we're signing off for Ocean Currents. We've had the students from West Marin School here talking about their Be Wet Watershed Education Program, and next month we'll be back um, June, Monday, the first Monday, I think it's June 5th or 6th, um, I have Scott Anderson coming into the studio talking about white sharks. So that will should be a a really cool show, right before World Ocean Day. So um, hopefully there'll be some more blue marbles circling, circling West Marin by then, and Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to KWMR. Thank you for listening to Ocean Currents. This show is brought to you by NOAA's Cordell Bank National Marine Sanctuary on West Marin Community Radio, KWMR. Views expressed by guests on this program may or may not be that of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration and are meant to be educational in nature. To learn more about Cordell Bank National Marine Sanctuary, go to (laughs) cordellbank.noaa.gov.